Okay. Okay. And that's perfectly fine. You know, and I, I, I do that sometimes, you know. Just open the Bible and see. Yeah. Either way, the Lord will speak to you in that capacity. Uh, when you open up your Bible, you may read something like, oh, I never read it that way. Um, all right. All right, so we're going to simply talk about how to study the Bible, how to memorize Scripture, and I'm going to give you my input of how I study the Bible to prepare for a sermon. And I think that's very important as well. All right, everyone turn to 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 23. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 23. All right. When everyone is there, just say amen. Amen. Okay. Let's start in verse 22 for the sake of context. It says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Verse 23. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. What is Peter saying here? (laughs) Ms. Beecher says she doesn't know. All right, so simply put it, let's break the text down. Peter is talking about being born again. What does it mean to be born again? Right, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, You are a new creature. You are a new person. Um, The Holy Spirit is now dwelling in you. He is... Helping you to understand the Bible, helping you understand the text of Scripture. And I think this is important, and here's the reason why. If you go to a Jehovah Witness or any other person that, is, that has not been born again, they cannot tell you anything about the Word of God. They can try to interpret it, interpret the Word of God for you or to you, but it's not going to make sense. Like a clear example of this, I have I have uh, had a conversation with a Jehovah Witness last year, and I was meeting him at Starbucks. I think on a Thursday afternoon, 
and we were just talking about scripture, and it was just amazed me of how inept or how ignorant he is in scripture. I'm not saying that to, you know, bash his character. I'm saying that because of, I'm saying that because of, um, he's not born again. He doesn't know scripture. Everything, what he's saying is not connecting. Uh, what is a clear example of that? Like, for example, uh, John chapter 1. And um, in the beginning, the word became flesh. The word was God. And, and um, let me stop paraphrasing. And this is why I'm going to go over memorizing scripture, because it's a clear example that that's one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's one of the examples, that, uh, clear example that that I need to to always memorize scripture because it doesn't come across as it should. All right. That's one area in my spiritual growth that I need to, to be better at. But anyway, let me go there before I butcher the text. Another thing, this is, I have the ESV study Bible. I use this, I don't, just to study, but at the same time, I don't use this on my own, just personal reading. When I read the Bible, I have a very smaller Bible, just to read. And when I really want to study, I have this large Bible. So, and I say that because when I use this particular Bible, I don't know it from cover to cover. And my other personal Bible, I can pick it up, turn to a passage, because I have memorized it. And it doesn't take me long to go to a particular passage, because I say, okay, this is where it's at. I know how the length, the, 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 uh, the chapters, I know where they are, because they're, that's my personal Bible. It's like having, a, it's like having another arm. You know, if I ever, like, I will actually whine and start complaining if I don't have that particular Bible. Because it's so easy for me to open up the Bible, open up that Bible and just teach from it. Because I know it personally. All right. So, in First John, my example was, in First John... He simply says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was nothing, anything made that was made. And him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the light in the darkness has not overcome it. So, in the beginning was the word, simply talking about the Lord Jesus Christ being in the beginning before the foundations of the world, being on the right side of the Father um, before time is this. But my Jehovah Witness friend would say, no, that's not accurate. That's not true. Um, he was just simply say that he's an angel. And everyone knows this, right? No? Okay. 
All right. So my point is, going back to First Peter, First Peter, chapter one, verse twenty-three. First Peter, chapter one, verse twenty-three. My point is, when you're born again, the scripture just come alive. All right. It start it start to make sense to you. It starts to help you understand what God is communicating to you. All right? So, when Peter said, since you have been born again, none of the perishable seed of the imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. How much God's word is abiding in us? You know, it's, and he used he used metaphors, right? He used the imperishable, imperishable seed, um, and we know that seeds produce. It doesn't matter what type of seed it is; it can be a good or a bad seed. Um, the perishable seed is something that we may that that is not of God. Um, I use myself, so I don't have to put no one out there. Uh, it's like, for example, movies I watch, uh, things I listen to, things I um, things I talk about. Those are the things that are perishable. Those are the things that will not last forever. Uh, but the imperishable is God's abiding word. It is. It is his seed that has been produced within us. Uh, who can tell tell or share the story of the of the of the parable of the sower? What is that story? The parable or the sower? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and Miss Ann got it. So, some seeds was thrown on rocky ground. Um, on it was thrown in thorns, and and uh, and the seed got choked. It even says that Satan comes and snatched the seed. Um, but some seed was thrown on good ground, and it produced fruit. Those, that is the abiding word of God. Um, and this is very important because as we continue to read Scripture, this helps us to, to have a buttress or to, to fight against sin. To fight against sin. Now, as a, uh, as a man... I say that as more as more am I, uh, I can put it, as I'm continuing to read the word of God, allowing that seed to be produced within my heart, within my mind, is protecting me from lustful things. It's protect, you know what, this mic is not going to work. Man, <laughs> please, this thing just going everywhere. 
Or give me some tape that's Mr. Real Estate. <laughs> tape it to my face. I know you can hear me. That's not the issue. It's just, it's just going, it's just, man. No, no stapler, brother. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but yeah, so it, it just helped, helps me to, to, to guard myself against sin. Um, like for example, I think it was, uh, Job said it actually, yeah. Uh, Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes so I may not look upon a virgin. What is that saying to me? I need to continue to guard my eyes because what I see can tantalize my flesh. It can it arouse my flesh. Right? Um, so making a covenant with my eyes is not, I'm going to say to my eyes, eyes, I'm not going to do this, but I'm just saying it's more than your eyes, obviously. The eyes is just the gateway to your heart and ultimately your soul. Uh, as Jesus said in Luke, uh, the, your eyes is the lamp to your body. Um, so when Job said that, he is absolutely saying, you know, I am not going to lust. The covenant is more bigger than my eyes. It's with my Lord God. Okay? So and how, how do I know this? And because just by simply reading the Bible... Like, for example, we, when we talk about David's lust with Bathsheba, what was the first thing that he did before he committed the sin? He looked. A simple look. And after that simple look, just a, a domino effect just started to happen. He was on the top of the roof. She was bathing for whoever know reason why maybe they didn't have indoor plumbing um now this is the thing um i may just uh yeah i'm just going to use the phone uh handheld phone mike be right back Hey, Mark, just turn on one of these, turn on the hand, handheld mic. But anyway, all right, thank you. This works. Test. All right. All right, much better. I'm a person that used both hands, so I'm only limited one hand now. So I express myself with both of my hands. Pastor Gus said that I talk with my hands. That's fine. But um, so what I was saying is about David, he simply looked. That's all he did. And after that, that sin came about, you know, 
uh, what the Lord said to Cain. Uh, sin is at your door. You know, that's all it takes. So, when I ask you guys, uh, do you have a Bible reading plan? It's because it's the more that you read, the more that you know, and the more that you know, the more that you're guarding yourself from sin. Simply put it. Any questions? Comments? Okay, go ahead and read it. Genesis 3 and 6. Okay. Genesis 3, 6. Do you want me to read the text, Brother Beecher? Okay. the kingdoms Amen The great point excellent point so brother Beecher just simply pointed out going back to the fall of man that even Eve saw she it made it, it created within her a desire and we simply under, we understand what God said. Do not eat of the tree of good and evil. All right. Good point, Brother Beecher. Um, turn to First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. And this is the reason why I said I got my personal Bible. But anyway, I guess I got to flip through this. So it says, all right, it says, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into what? Salvation. Salvation. Um, if indeed... You have tasted the uh, that the Lord is good. What is Peter saying? Okay, so go ahead, Miss Sam.
So how many of us in our lifetime were babies? <laughs> Larry said, how many of us are still babies? So Peter is portraying Christians as infants. And babies are needy. They need. Uh, they need to grow. They need to, uh, to be changed, et cetera, et cetera. But most importantly, the way that Peter is describing us is that we need, that babies need milk. If a baby is not nourished, it's going to what? Cry, but more importantly, yeah, perish, die. The baby's going to die. So it's, it's dependent on his mother's milk to be nourished. And this is how scripture is, well, actually, Peter is between us. This is how far important for us to to always read the word of God. Go ahead, Mr. Rilla. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, in other words, great point, Mr. Rilla. In other, in other words, garbage in, garbage what? Garbage out. That's all it is. You know, the more crap that we listen to, the more crap that we watch, that's just what, that what is being seen, like, just getting into our hearts, is getting into our minds. And it's very interesting. I don't, I know for men, I can say this for men, and I think women, but men, more importantly, we're more visual. You know, we, we're less emotional. We're more visual. So what we watch, we have to be very mindful of that. And women are more emotional, in a sense. Ladies, you can correct me if I'm wrong. All right. <laughs> All right. And more emotional. Like my wife. She, I, I believe that God has given her to me and me to her, right? Because we balance each other out. I'm more mellow, quiet, calm. She's, uh, she's more passionate. Huh? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to search for the correct words. <laughs> she's more passionate. You know, she's, she may seem meek in front of you, which she is. She's very meek in front of everyone. But in our private time, she's more passionate. And I'm there to calm her down, and she's there to get me going. All right? But my point is, you know, God has wired men and women differently. So she knows my flaws. I know hers. She keeps me guarded. I keep her guarded. So as going back to Peter, <clears throat> if we're infants, you know, and we are, and if we're not just feeding upon God's word day and night, every single second, then eventually we're going to be just like Christians who 
don't know anything, all right, if you, you know, like, for example, it bothers me when you have a newborn Christian and that newborn Christian is not growing in his faith, in him, his or her faith. It's not growing. And that Christian would just be in the way. Like, why don't you get it? Why don't you understand now? And the reason is that because he's not growing, in, he or she is not growing in the Lord. So you just have to continue to nourish them. So I think Paul said to the Corinthians, brothers, I wish I can feed you with meat, but I have to feed you with what? Milk. Because they, wasn't, they weren't growing. So going back to the subject at hand, Reading the Bible, having a Bible reading plan helps us to grow. It helps us to know more. And once we get down to uh, scripture memorization, it will just help us to understand. We can just recall things as you quickly realize. I can recall John chapter (laughs) 1, which is a very well-known scripture. All right? All right, let's continue. Any thoughts? Go right ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Amen. Amen. Um, Well said. Turn to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through 14. Hebrews Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. All right. Ms. Ronnie says something important. Um, I'm going to explain a little bit further. Let's read uh, in context, starting in verse 11. About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull in your what? Hearing. How can a person become dull in their hearing? Spiritually. Go ahead. Okay, I'm going to repeat what Miss Laura said because she's on the money. Uh, she said, 
sometimes that people are distracted, and if you're distracted, then you're being distracted on what you should be focusing on. Is that right? Right. That's very important. I I can use myself as an example, so I would be your guinea pig. Um, I get easily distracted. My attention span can be like this sometimes. Um, even to listening to someone preach. It's very important that we hear what the preacher is saying. But if we're if our attention span is only 15 minutes, then how much are we hearing? How much are we intaking? How much are we discerning what the individual is saying? Very little. Very this that. Um, so it goes back to sin. Um, you know, if a person is very dull in the hearing, it could be an indicator that their heart is very hardened, that they don't want to hear it. So that's another aspect of it as well. Um, in verse 12, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers. You ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not what? Solid food. You need milk, not solid food. Now, the writer of Hebrews is telling us we need to be teachers. The reason why is that? Why do we need to be teachers? Exactly. What were you about to say, Miss Miss Ann? <laughs> That's an excellent point. Although I graduated from Tacoma Falls College with a bachelor's degree in biblical studies, I still have to always reteach myself. But what I learned to be true: the more that I teach, the more that I learn from myself. Simply put it, because. I have to make sure as a teacher that what I'm saying to other people makes sense. If I don't understand it, no one else is going to understand it. Or, yeah, you're right, or can explain it. So us being teachers is very critical. So we should be teaching other people. Um, Men should be teaching younger men. Older women should be teaching younger women and so forth. This is how God designed us because, now, number one, as we continue to teach, we learn, but other people will start to imitate what they see. That's just the human uh, way of, of, of how we learn. Some things that are caught and not taught and some things that are taught and not caught. But people imitate others. I have learned over the, what, two and a half years that I've been here, by me just spending time with Pastor Gus, some of my mannerisms, I'm picking up some of his mannerisms. The way that he talked, the way that he carried himself, even to the way he shook his head. You know, I'm noticing that about myself because I'm spending time with him. All right? So, let's continue. But the last thing that he said in verse 12, 
you need milk, not solid food. Going back to the basic principle of we need to be nourished. So how can a person can move from being nourished by milk to being nourished by meat or solid food? Studying the word, reading the word. Brother Larry said the word is like kindergarten and it's getting you ready for the real meat. You know, it's, but there are some, again, there are some people who never passed kindergarten. <laughs> Go ahead, Miss Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Let's uh, continue to read these two verses. Verse 13, for everyone who, and by the way, we are in Hebrews chapter 5, verses uh, 12 through 14, for those who just came in. Um, verse 13 says, For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. So it's no wonder why some Jehovah Witness can outdupe a Christian. Because they have practiced and practiced and practiced numerous of times going over scripture their way and they may they may come across like oh they're very knowledgeable and they just outdo Christians Oh, for sure. So there are some Christians who are more mature, who are skilled in the word and not do. But there are some Christians who are still infants. So let's continue. Uh, so unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature for those who have the powers of discernment trained by constant what? So what am I saying? Distinguish between good and evil. From the ESV in verse 14, it says, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. By constant practice to distinguish 
good from evil. Constant practice. Just the more that you read, the more that you know it. It just becomes, uh, how can I put it, the word kinesthetic. Uh, kinesthetic means just a second nature. Like whenever we, make, whenever we type on a uh, computer, I don't need to look at the keypad. It automatically just comes to me. I know where the letter Y, J, K, L, because I was trained to, to learn how to type. That's the same thing with the word of God. It's just come. All right. All right. Let's move on to another subject. All right. Um, so just to close up this subject, how to uh, have a Bible reading plan. The more that you read, uh, there are many Bible reading plans. You can read one chronologically. You can just read the Bible uh, from cover to cover, like uh, from Genesis to Revelation. Um, and, you know, things would just make sense. You know, you would understand. Yeah, I did. <laughs> right. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's the excellent way of putting it. Good job. Um, so, Mr. Did, I, did everyone hear what Mr. Rilla said? Okay. Yeah, that we are progressing in our spiritual life as believers. So, you know, you don't need me, you don't need Melvin, you don't need the elders or, or Pastor Gus to teach you how to teach other people. The reason why we come together is just to sharpen each other. Because by all means, I don't. Sometimes I question what I'm doing. Yeah. When I first came up here, I said to the Lord, Lord, why me? There are thousands and thousands of other bright young men. But the Lord knew what he was doing. He knew to place me here so I can learn and grow as well. All right, so have a Bible reading plan. It will only take you a year to read through the Bible. Or two. <laughs> year or two, depending on how much you read it. Um, you know, it can, you can read four or five passages a day. You can read two or three chapters a day in a book, you would, get, you would be amazed of how much reading you're going to get done just by reading through the Word of God. And as you read, you're like, oh, this is just making sense. And with that being said, the Scripture is just going to come alive within you. It's going to start to be fascinating. All right? All right. <clears throat> All right, so... The Essentials of Memorizing Scripture. How many of us can recall Scripture off the top of our head? I'm not going to raise my hand because you already know I failed at that. <laughs> huh? Some? 
What was that missing? I'm sorry. Proverbs? What do you mean? Oh, Proverbs. Okay. Miss Ann said Proverbs. You know, how. Go ahead, Miss Ronnie. That's true. Yeah, yeah, um, that's very cor- uh, correct. Um, and majority of that is what the Holy Spirit is doing within you, helping you to recall Scripture. Um, <clears throat> so, let's see. Yes, sir. Go ahead and read it for us for the sake of time. <laughs> Did y'all hear Brother Pete? <laughs> All right. Well, I believe everyone can. But however, no excuses. <laughs> however, how many of us can re- remember the address of that passage? Right. It's a, it's a familiar passage, isn't it, Miss Mary? But how many of us can say, where is the passage of John, I mean, Jesus wept? Where is that? Go ahead, Miss Mary. <laughs> All right. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So just to make sure I understand your question, you said, is the individual responsible to retrieve a Bible, or does it fall on the pastor to do what again? What was the last part of that second question? Right.
I think it's both. And the reason I say that is because in Scripture, it, Scripture portrays pastors or teachers as shepherds. And they portray uh, the congregants as sheep. Now, <clears throat> the relationship between a sheep and a shepherd <clears throat> is that the, sh- uh, the shepherd needs the sheep uh, for basic necessities. You can get the sheep wool, right? Uh, but the sheep also needs the shepherd for protection and for guidance. And I use that as a metaphor, as so does the Bible, because it shows us that, yes, as teachers, we are to give you the tools. But as individuals, it is up to your responsibility. So whoever is preaching behind the pulpit, you need to use discernment. You need to understand what the individual is saying um, and try to take away or to apply it to your life. So whenever I'm preaching, my I, the way I think about preaching is that, you know, I don't want to be uh, mundane in my preaching. I don't want to, I'm not a dynamic person. I'm not a charismatic person. So my personality is portrayed in my preaching very laid back, straight to the point. And the reason I say this is because I believe it's the Holy Spirit to apply it to your life and also you to apply it to your life. So I'm going to do my best as a teacher and preacher to deliver what the Word of God says. That's my job, to communicate what God says. Because I am not a wise person. And I think Scripture is more wiser than I am. So if I can do that with very good, then I have done my job, and I'm trying to apply it in your life. But the problem with that, I can't apply it to every single person's life. So I try to make a blanket, uh, like an application to make that to be a blanket statement for everyone. Because everybody's lives are different. One person is going through something totally different. But if I stick to the Word of God and communicate what it says, then I am trusting in the Holy Spirit to do his job. Amen. Amen. So, yep. Right. Right. Amen. 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 So we're going to close here. Um, Any other comments before I pray? Brett Pontiac.
license plate is 558YMT, and it is running. All right, let's see. Checking on it. Let's close in prayer. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can read your word. We do ask you uh, to continue to help us, even in our weakness. When we don't feel like reading your word or studying it, that you would encourage us and, and nudge us to do it, to, to, to really taste and see that you are good so that your word will continue to abide in us and nothing else outside of yourself and your word will drown out the seeds that are imperishable. So, Lord, I pray that this will be so for us because you have already given us what we need. And I pray this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.